Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Today on the Focus on Why podcast, I am joined by Mike Bristow. Mike, welcome. Hi, Amy. Great to be here. Well, this is the second time we've recorded a podcast together, and I'm very excited to have you on Focus on Why. Yes, thank you. Very exciting. What a great series this is. What a great podcast it is. Um, so uh, bring some new perspectives to, uh, uh, to the table. Absolutely. And hopefully we're going to find some things out that people might not know about Mike Bristow. Indeed. I'm scared. <laughs> oh, don't be, don't be. We're, we're, I'm very gentle, honestly. But yes, why, why do you want to share your why on this podcast? Why is it important for you? I, I think it's such, I mean, it's such an important uh, question. And, and you know, it, it takes sort of uh, years and years of sort of experience and working and doing things and whatever to sort of hone in on 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 the kinds of things that you that you like that you resonate with that you enjoy etc and then you can ex- start ex- exploring why and and that answers so much and gives so much clarity and you know on a personal level first and foremost and then right through to well what is the purpose of an organization why is it existing what is it doing what's its purpose etc and so, you know, it's it's a it's a great question. You know, continually asking why is is just you know, my son continually asks why now. Through to there was a guy that I remember, very very bright guy who uh, it was like a, a year out uh, sponsorship in industry that I did, and he was he was going to read mechanical engineering at Cambridge, and I could just see you know his smarts and and all he did throughout everything was just why 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 in a very particular Middlesbrough accent and 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 I and I remember that to this day and that was 25 years ago this guy just kept on asking why and it's just such a powerful question it's such a powerful question and it's such a short question and yet I mean, you just mentioned your son asking why. And I remember my two kids being very inquisitive. And then that sort of inquisitiveness sort of slows down as you get a bit older. And as an adult, do we continue to challenge so much? Not always. Totally, totally agree. And, you know, I guess there comes a there comes a point where at a superficial level, you know, through experience, you sort of understand how things work. And almost like as a child, well, you're trying to understand why something works. But, you know, once you know that intuitively, more so through experience, you should be asking why in a different context and, and, a, and a deeper, deeper sort of seated rationale that, that is, is much more about something, you know, mechanically operating and much more about, well, what are the, what are the sort of the emotional drivers and the emotional intelligence that sits under things? Um, and you know that that drives the sort of a far richer viewpoint on 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 life so how much does 
why for you overlapping both your personal and your business life? I think um, I, th- I think if if you ask me sort of things about my characteristics, say six, seven, eight years ago, you know, some of them will be very, very similar uh, to now. Okay, and and I, I think about things on a very, very long term basis, and that's that. There must be some nature. There must be some nurture, and then it got nurtured massively. Long term thinking through a career in strategy consulting, management consultancy, but focusing on strategy, and that very much still underlies anything that I do and any way that I think. Um, but I picked sort of you know five to eight years ago as a timeline then because uh, that is that is when I had. Um, well, exactly four fewer children um, in in this world, and and you know that. So I've got I've got four kids, and they are four, three, one, and one. And uh, the 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 quick amongst you will uh, realise that uh, we we went for three, only had three children for two minutes, uh, whilst the other twin popped out, and. And irrespective of number of children, which is a lot of humans in our house, the, the way you think about things sort of dramatically change. And that is sort of stating something that's so damn obvious. You know, children change things. Yeah, well, that's great insight, Mike. But, but, but actually, your sort of your why shifts from, you know, a long-term outlook that says, well, look, I want to create the option for free time, for example. By the way, caveat, not that I'd ever exercise on that option uh, because I'm not very good at free time. Through to, um, well, how how am I creating a legacy and how am I ensuring that those four children grow up in in a way that is respectful to the world and that the world still exists? you know, is sort of something that's far more profound. And I, I just find that fascinating. And, you know, it, it, it drives everything. And the thing I'm terrible about, this long-term thinking piece, you know, it's great for setting strategy in business, yeah. It's great for theoretically catering for my family through, uh, through the years. But it's not great for you know messing around in a sand pit on you know on on a day on a minute by minute basis you know i'm terrible at that i'm terrible at the living in the moment because i'm fascinated about about the longer term um and you know it's actually something that i've been uh, working quite a lot on to try and you know live more in the moment whilst having the long term set out I think that's a, a struggle for all of us. I, I've talked to previous guests about this exact same thing of, of appreciating the moment, but always sort of looking forward, what's happening next, what's what's going to be going on in, in the future. And it is that sort of push-pull struggle of, of staying in, in that moment and knowing that that moment's never going to happen again, especially when you've got small ones. Yeah. You know, there's no right answer. Um, it's an impossible balance. Um, and you know, all you can do is make 
make decisions at the time that are influenced by many factors and could be in your nature or nurture as well. Okay. And then the important thing actually, and this is not on a regret basis, but on a reflective basis, is well, actually, did I might make the right decision there? Was I fair all round? Was I um, was I considering everyone and everything? Um, and you know, how can I be better at doing that in 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 future? And you know, both personally and professionally, I have this sort of you know relentless pursuit of sort of betterment and. Um, I drive my team wild uh, for that, and uh, drive myself crazy as well. But um, but anyway, so the over overanalyzing of whether you use the right tool of the sandpit does that sort of <laughs> keep you awake at I, night? I, I mean, it, you know, that's exactly the kind of analysis I would do. Um, you, you know, if <laughs> it's, it's a, and 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 it is it is ridiculous. But you know, look, it's I. I you know, I think that's really important thinking about how how the people around you and how the world around you react, respond, are impacted by your decisions and being aware of it. Because I, just unfortunately, so few people are uh, really aware of that and really think about it. Um, and, and, you know, that's how, you know, that's how, in my view, you know, we, we as a species on a huge macro level just evolve and evolve and get better and still be around in, in millennia to come. So with all this in mind and, and having this deliberate consciousness that drives all your decision making, what is it you're currently doing? So uh, now, now uh, I'm, I'm, I'm currently a father of four and a loving husband. Now, uh, but, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so so I spend a lot of my time uh, and 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 a hell of a lot of my time uh, running Crowd Property, which is the business I co-founded uh, and I'm now CEO of. And uh, the, it, it's a business that I, I have such passion for, as you know. Um, it's my favourite topic. I bang on about it to anyone who'll listen. But it's not just banging on about it for sort of trumpeting reasons. But, but rather because you know we set out having identified real pains in a marketplace that we had personally experienced and that we knew we could solve. And the really interesting thing about this space, and so we fund property developers, small and medium-sized property developers, and you know that segment built a hell of a lot, less, a lot less last year than it did 10 years ago. And funding was one of the problems. So we set out and we said, right, we're going to build the best SME property project lender in the market. And I, I, I think we've absolutely done that now. But, but it's really interesting because not only does this mean we're serving a market that we know very well better, we're also delivering a better result for investors. Um, we're also ensuring that the country builds more housing because we've never got anywhere near what the level we're meant to be building uh, for, the, for decades. And that drives spend in the economy, okay, on material, labor, services throughout the ecosystem uh, of, of, of building and construction. 
And right now, you know, we're we're in the midst of COVID-19 lockdown, just starting to ease. The economy's in trouble, and and there's a hell of a lot of enterprising, small and medium-sized property developers out there, okay, that with better servicing, better product, um, they can build more. And that means we spend more in the economy, we get moving again, and you know, we, we get we get up to up to speed again. And there's quite a big picture piece in this. Um, we're bringing forward construction, um, and 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 that is what excites us as a team on a on an introspective level. We're growing rapidly. On a on a macro level, it's meaningful, and and that's really cool. But I love this point about delivering a better deal for borrowers, a better deal for lenders, a better deal for the housing market, a better deal for the economy. And that's great. That's cool. So when you co-founded this business, what lay at the heart of it? So, it, I mean, it was pain. It was pain. So... Um, you know, each of us, the co-founders, we were each investors and developers ourselves. I mean, myself on a part-time basis outside of a very busy strategy consulting career. And we, you know, I, I, I don't think there's any better starting point to a business than really experiencing pain. And when it's the greatest pain as well which is the obstacle of finance. Um, and, and what we saw in the market was, and this is, you know, remember this is post-global financial crisis when we founded this, when small and medium-sized business lending as a whole had fallen off a cliff. And that's why businesses like Funding Circle had started because, you know, to get, to serve that market better. And, and, it, and, and in, a, in a lagged way, that's exactly what we saw in, in, in property development. Um, uh, or property projects, I should say, is anything that, that adds value to, 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 to property. But it's real pain and also insights, sufficient insights and clarity on that pain and clarity on the needs, okay, to say, well, we know what we want. So why don't we build it? Um, and that's kind of, you know, that felt like a good challenge. And there's nothing I like more than a good challenge. I mean, I'm quite competitive. And, and, and you know, I've, I've you know, the, the, my competitive streak is, I mean, it's childishly competitive. Let's be, let's be clear. Um, you know, I've been in situations that, you know, at, at university, for example, uh, it was so long ago, there were these things called newspapers then. And um, the, the, the Times newspaper used to come through our door. And I used to compete with my, uh, one of my best friends about how many sunshine hours our local towns had uh, or, our, or the towns where, we, where our parents lived. You know, um, we've had, I've had situations where, you know, after too many on New Year's Eve, a friend of mine who's a brilliant cyclist challenged me to do... Le, Le Tap, which is uh, which is the, the a stage of the Tour de France, 
uh, and it was a it was the Col de Tourmalet uh, stage that year, um, which is no mean feat. And and he was actually uh, working in Chile and cycling into ski resorts in Chile. And I was sort of uh, trying to get up to speed, poodling around the Surrey Hills. You know, that's not quite the same altitude, no. No, exactly, exactly. But I, I took that challenge on, and that's what got me, got me on my bike. And you know, he smashed me at the, on, on the time, but it wasn't the point. Um, but, but there's also, there's also the sort of, you know, define winning. Okay, you've got to be moderate in your in in in, in competitiveness, and I, I love also looking at things in different ways, second order angles to things and one of my best friends he's now based out in sydney he's uh he's actually he's a he's a partner of bain and company of a strategy firm and um we did the same course we lived together and uh we uh we got our our degree results uh obviously on the same day okay and um we 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 both we both both worked sort of pretty smartly. We had lots of things we were working on in, uh, or doing at, at university, as one does, and and also I was playing sport around the country and things. And but I got my result, and it was a, it was uh, it was a seventy point three percent first class degree. Okay, so scraped it, and he got his result, which was also a first class degree, and seventy point one percent. Okay, now. I took the, the 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 initial superficial argument to say, "Well, I won." Okay, and he said, "No, you didn't. No, you didn't, because I because uh, you worked too hard." Um, and he and he scraped it by seventy two point one. I I totally agree with him. He wins. He wins. It's a great it's a great answer. Um, so I I mean yeah, so childishly competitive, and so I love a challenge. And why is winning important for you, Mike? It it's just. I, it's it's really interesting uh, question because you know people do wonder where I get this from, and I you know I grew up. Uh, I've got I've got one brother. He's he's uh, eighteen months younger than me, and you know that's quite close in age gap. And and we just did everything together. We played everything. Uh, you know we played so much sport as uh, as kids and growing up sport is a big part of my life as it is yours um and um and it was literally it was like it was two brothers just battling at everything okay and every bit of one upmanship you could get uh was 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 the name of the game um and you know all of these things get rooted in 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 where and how you grew up and and you know we were very lucky we had incredibly stable backgrounds and loving parents and and just two boys just competing uh, in in good spirits generally i mean there were some incidents uh, if i'm honest um but but you know it's got it I, that's where i put it down to and uh you know it's just brilliant fun uh, as well and can you define winning for me well that's a, that's a really good question because because as i said i liked my friend phil's argument that actually spun it on his head and he won and 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 there's actually the so yeah that definition is uh is important look you know you can win a tennis match on points yeah you can you can win 
uh, you know, win any in a, in, in a quantitative way. Okay, but that that doesn't excuse, and uh, I I will draw close to one of my favourite uh, moments of, of of watching uh, live sport that was when um, the Australians brought out some sandpaper uh, on on the cricket pitch. Okay, and w- winning is within the rules, whatever those rules are. Okay, is 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 playing well, performing well, preparing well, executing well, wrapping up well, not cheating. You know, and I say that it's one of my favourite moments. It's, it's actually one of the darkest moments of cricket ever. But it, it, it just as a person that, that that loves cricket so much, the, the fact that it was Australians rubbing sandpaper on a ball is just hilarious. Um, so, <laughs> and actually, if we stay with sports and use mm. to use sport as a, a sort of a, a way of describing how important failing is, I've, I've talked with other sportsmen previously, and sometimes they've learned more from failing than they have from winning. And how would you say that's the same for business? Yeah, I totally agree. Well, with the immediate analogy I have there for, for business, because I'm involved in a lot of startups through. Uh, through the venture capital fund I sit in the, uh, on the investment committee for, and also my own angel investing, um, you know the 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 U.S. attitude to failure uh, is is brilliant, absolutely brilliant in startups and startup investment. It's what do you mean you haven't failed at something where you haven't learned? How do you know what 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 the wrong things to do are and what the right things to do are? Uh, that attitude needs to be employed much more in the UK. Um, and and recognizing failure, mistakes as learning opportunities, not well, you're incompetent and can't do it. Um, and I I think that's really really important. You, you know that's you know again that's why that's one of the reasons why I love cricket as a game. Um, it's so reflective, introspective, complex. Uh, mindful, um, you know, to be a test match batsman, where you know your ideal result is you're batting for a day, okay, and you're concentrating on every single ball, and that uh, the capability of keeping that ball out requires that concentration and it requires exceptional technique, okay. Now that technique. You have people tinkering with all the time or restructuring or whatever. Even the guys that are in the England fold, you know, they're, they're adjusting their technique quite late on in their career when it's actually uh, so uh, innate to them. So, you know, and they are doing that because they have failed. Mm. They're constantly working for improvement and betterments. Um, and 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 I find that that. You, you know, learning from that really important. I mean, their their focus is incredible. Um, this a point on 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 focus actually to continue the sporting analogy, which is a rich vein. We could go on for hours between us on sporting analogies. A phrase I use an awful lot in our business is, "You don't see Tiger Woods playing much tennis," and. What that really means is that we have absolute focus, okay? And um, I, I believe that, that through life, and, and, and I was reflecting on this only recently, actually, you know, life is always a, 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 a set of 
you know, challenges and, and, and do more things and different things, et cetera, et cetera. But there's also a point when you say, right, I've collected a load of experience. I will still do new things, but I'm going to hone it down and I'm going to focus. Okay. So there's that sort of convergent phase. And when I, when I left university, um, I, I, I looked at both banking and consulting and I thought, well, consulting, I can go into loads of sectors and loads of companies and find out things and, 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 and learn and learn and learn and learn. Wonderful. So I did that for 18 years and then got a real job. And, um, and, and, but but it, it came to the point where, right, I can now converge and focus. And what that enables one to do is, is, is to become world-class at something. Okay. You know, what does Tiger Woods do? Okay, no, okay, let's not answer that question fully uh, through the years. But, um, but the point is, yeah, he's, you know, he has spent decades swinging a golf club. Okay, and getting better and better and better and better. And he hasn't been playing tennis. He's left that to Roger. And, you know, he's identified that as a path to world class and he's focused on it and he's delivered that. Okay, and there have been many challenges along the way uh, for him. Um, and I admire that. And that is the principle we use in our business because all we uh, focus on doing is becoming world class. And again, that's that's part of that long term perspective. You know, we're not we're not just pumping a business up. Okay, uh, you know, without substantiation, without foundation, without expertise, without capability, etc. We're building a 10, 20, 30 year lending business that's the best of the best. And unless you have that real long term perspective on that focus, then you know, you, you're not going to deliver the results that give you the stability, the differentiation, the sustainability, the enduring advantage that's, uh, that we focus on. And interesting, just listening to you describe how you were sort of a generalist and now you've become more of a specialist. Which one do you sort of serves you better? I think, I mean, I, I, I think that the, the generalist bit, the, 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 divergent bit of my career you know went on for some time actually but I was constantly learning it was utterly fascinating um and you know that was constant constant learning about new different things I I think the real what and, and I loved it don't get me wrong but what you know I absolutely love the you know the challenge there was almost right. Can I work out this problem quickly? You know, can I work out this sector, this company, these market dynamics? Okay, and then define a strategy that can that can create advantage that almost brings fresh perspectives to the incumbent client that will have tried most things. Um, you know, that was difficult. Yeah, but actually, that was always for other people, clients by definition. This is for, this is bringing together all of that. Every, you know, the best insights from so many different places to apply into something that I was about to use the phrase that I don't want to use, which is to apply into my baby. But it's not, it's very much not because it's kind of like it's our baby as a team. Um, and 
that um, that has uh, that adds further dimension, I think, to the satisfaction. There's the be brilliant at it, and part of that is have a brilliant team, and and you know they are they are one in the same thing in many respects. And how do you align everyone to be one and the same? How do you bring them all on board to to really truly believe the concept that you want to deliver? I think it's, uh, I mean, uh, everything from sticking them in front of uh, one of my recorded presentations, which isn't a personable thing at all, uh, but it but it gives a view of passion through to you know, you know, we're we're good at communi- very good at communicating across the team, even even virtually, uh, you know, daily meetings on 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 updates on what everyone's up to, what everyone's working on, what everyone's working towards. Clarity of strategy is 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 imperative. Um, and you know, for for example, I mean, our office, our team is thirty two now. Uh, we've got a relatively new office. Not that we're in it at the moment, but but it's but it's it's a great office. And the um, one of the great things about that is that it's all it's all one space. There's no division. There's no uh, offices. Like God, I don't have an office. That would be awful. Um, and um, you know, it's all of us together, so that everyone is close enough to understand what's going on, what's the vibe in the business, what are people like, what are the teams like. We mix up the teams a bit. We uh, we have team strategy days. We have all of these things. We also actually one of the best things we do as a team is is is, is go through sort of wealth dynamics profiles, understanding different characteristics of uh, of people. Why do people have different perspectives? Appreciating that, understanding that. Um, and, uh, and 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 the team love that to to because it, it 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 promotes both understanding but also uh, promotes uh, you know getting to know each other um, and the 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 sort of you know my my view on this is is that culture is everything. I you know I personally believe in. In, in everything that is done incrementally enhances the culture, the 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 the, ent- the, the, the being, the, the character of the business. And that influences commitment and passion to the the, the, the sort of the, the cause rather than sticking everyone on sales targets and just letting them rip. I don't believe in that latter. And we do not have sales targets in our business. Um, we do not have targets on individual people in, in, in any way, shape, or form. It is a cultural alignment uh, that I think brings out greater passion in, and, and, and alignment in the team. So a word I'm going to pick up on, because you've mentioned it probably three or four times in the last sort of five minutes, is passion. How important mm. is passion for you in business? Oh, it's, it's so important. It's so important. And, and look, I, I think passion comes from a couple of things. Uh, it, it's, it's real belief that you that you're working on something that is game changing. Okay, that's one thing. And secondly, is enjoyment and, and, and loving what you do. If I can, you know, 
And it's easy for me to love what I do. Yeah, because because I've kind of chosen this path. I've put myself in this position, and and uh, the cause is absolutely right. Um, the potential is huge, and I get excited and 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 therefore passionate about it. But if I if 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 we as a as a as a leadership team can can em, em, empower everyone else to have a similar level of enjoyment. Uh, a belief in the cause and 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 therefore a passion to what we're doing you know that creates just an awesome team to work with um and that goes for all the work that we're doing the you know the the hard work the development work the the, the through to you know the higher level brainstorming through to team bonding uh, you know, we're based in uh, Birmingham I desperately tried to get everyone into the uh, cricket 2020 at Edgbaston uh, we've got a really cool diverse mix of people not everyone got cricket let's put it that way but everyone loves going uh, going out and catching up uh, over a drink not everyone drinks but you know it's just social time together and you know all of those elements that that's what drives passion and you talked earlier about seeing things from second order angles. What do you mean by that? So it's it's sort of you know it's things that are beneath the surface, um, things that are take take a bit more sophistication to to sort of think through, and you know they might be counterintuitive factors about a data point, a market, a competitor, a customer whatever it is and you know it, it takes thought and consideration to get to something that isn't the obvious and 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 we work hard to challenge ourselves on what is not the obvious answer here what's the second order effect here what are we, what's what what's what's the what's the you know the second level output that we're trying to drive and you know thinking through like that uh builds so much advantage within your business and and also it, it, it makes for intrigue as well you know there's so i can't it's really annoying i can't think of a of of, of a, a second order of counterintuitive insight that we've we've seen uh recently uh but there are so many and and that's they're the ones that sort of get you the aha moment of Oh, actually, that's how you think about it. That's how we uh, approach this. This is how we can do things. Wow, that's different. Wow, we didn't expect that. If we designed it on a piece of paper, we would never have done that. But we get it. We get the insight. And and actually, the crucial thing there is the uh, is is the customer insight uh, in particular. There's a great quote. Okay, from from a guy called Theodore Levitt, who's an economist. Uh, uh, at Harvard Business School, and it's very Americanized. It's, it's people don't want quarter-inch drills; they want quarter-inch holes. Now, that's not necessarily second-order or counterintuitive, but it's more about customer needs and thinking through the depth of actually what someone wants. And if you think about the outcome, the desired outcome you can think of many more different ways of getting there. And, and that's really interesting. You can set very, very different elements to your strategy because of that second order thinking. And 
what do you enjoy more? Do you enjoy the creation or do you enjoy the sort of fulfilling of putting that creation into fruition? I think the, con- uh, yeah, it's a really interesting question. It, it, it does come down to uh, personality types as well. Um, I think, you know, the creation bit is exciting. Okay. But, but for me, I'm, I'm a, I'm a data person and what I want to see is results, proof and evidence. And I want to relentlessly improve those. So I think it's the challenge of execution that, which is actually counter to, you know, I spent 18 years in strategy consulting, which is not execution. It's, it's, it's creating the vision and direction. And maybe because it's, it's new and exciting, I've got such clarity on the long-term vision. But now, as opposed to when I was a strategy consultant, I'm now responsible for delivering it. Um, I'm now responsible for executing on that, okay? And um, again, that's the challenge. So the challenge that I'm gonna step up to but seeing results come in are, in are incredible. You know, so, so I mean, for example, I mean, this is a reflection of me being competitive probably again. Um, but but we, uh, every time we do a, do a, do a uh, fundraise on, on crowd property, so raising for a project, we all gather around the big screen, okay, and we have a sweepstake. Not for monetary uh, rewards, it's just for a point on the board, okay. And these points on the board are very, very important. Okay, well, I, maybe only to me. Um, and <laughs> I think I'm third in the team. I'm, I'm livid about it. Uh, so, um, but, but we guess how long it's going to take. And, uh, and uh, you know, and that's great. And, and, what, and, and what that almost does is, is really interesting because it sort of, it, it, it almost gamifies the, the process of getting to the result. And, and, it, it, and, and the team engage in that so brilliantly it's, it's great fun because we've been we've invented such spurious rules about how people get you, you know it, it, sort of price is right rules and you know if, if you're if you're equal then how do you split it and you know loads of complexity to this it's ridiculous it's it's it's, it's the most ludicrous game on earth but it's fun and it's great and it's uh and and, and what we're doing there is sort of observing the results you know this morning was £665,000 raised in 52 seconds from 778 investors. Um, and that's cool. And, 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 and we love seeing those stats at the end of projects. So you have involved gamification and passion into your business because they are your core values yourself. Yes, Childish competition, childish gamification, uh, etc. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and how important for you to have though the sort of philosophy within the business at the core for you is it to operate that way? It's you know a, a, a great place to work is 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 what uh, is what we work hard to to create. Um, when I stepped in to run this business over almost two and a half years ago now, we were a team of five. My first appointment was a people director because I knew we were going to grow the team massively. And that role was to build a culture, not build a team, build a culture. And I wanted one person driving that, one very, very experienced person 
uh, driving that. And and our people director have built a brilliant team. And there are, it's not in any way a team of people as childishly competitive as Mike. It's 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 a it's a really diverse team in 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 every way. And you know, and that's one reason I couldn't get the Latvian to understand cricket. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's and, and for good reason. Yeah. Cricket is one of those games where you've got to have grown up with it to really love it. Well, actually, I was thinking about that. If you if you'd taken him perhaps to a village game or, or a, a sort of a, a local cricket game where you've got a 12 year old playing in the same team as a 60 year old. And, and actually that happened last year. My son was bowling open bowler from one end, age 14. And at the other end, you had the other opening bowler was age 60, 63, I think he is. And for me, that's that's the epiphany of cricket. That's that's what's so beautiful about cricket yeah. is that you can have a team of people across all ages and from all walks of life come together and play as one and for, yes I mean you've got the international cricket that's a whole different level but if you see that as a concept I think that really is the beauty and that's where I mean I I was spent most of my childhood up in Edgebaston as you know and I loved every second of it but I also spent the weekends watching my dad play village cricket and you know village being the, the right word it was pretty yeah. dire <laughs> but we loved it and and a true cricket fan can never drive past a village green with a game on and not watch a few balls well i hope you haven't missed tea for a start yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but but actually but that's really interesting so so uh, a few years ago now scarily long ago actually it was 0708 i also uh, i did my mba at london business school uh which is a great school and hugely international you know, amongst a class of 75, we had 25 uh, different nationalities, and it was awesome. And, and in my group, um, there was a, a, an Aussie, a Safa, a, a Nigerian, an Indian, and a Russian. Okay, brilliant. Now, now you'll know that there's quite a heavy weighting of cricket-loving nations, uh, nationalities in there. So, so, so what we did is, is, is we thought we've got to get, got to get the Russian uh engaged in cricket okay how do we do that so we wandered up the road to lords uh, one day we did the disgraceful thing of, thing of bunking off lectures um which is ridiculous when you're at business school and we we it, it was the village cup final uh on at lords okay and it was incredible because the ground wasn't that busy Okay, we went and sat in the uh, in the Compton stand. It's a, a place I always love to sit at Lords, and um, and basically there clearly been busloads of people from the two villages that have been bussed in. Okay, so so uh, of the few crowds, it was loud and raucous. Okay, the bars were open, so we just kept on buying Sasha vodka. Okay, and and you know that's what it's about. It's about uh, enjoying being around some friends watching some passion on a pitch okay having a drink and and you know that's what watching cricket is about but the best thing about that and what i i now remember this day vividly both because of sasha's introduction to cricket but also uh the fact it was the village cup final okay and there's this guy who scored a hundred okay and um and scoring a hundred at lords is is like everyone's absolute dream globally who loves cricket and every one of the opposition went up and shook his hand okay and you know that is so cool you know gracious you know you, you want to win 
you want to win at all costs, or not at all costs. Not with rules. sandpaper. No sandpaper, yeah. So no sandpaper. But, you know, it was, it was um, competitive, but so respectful. It was such an amazing moment. It's a bit like that that moment when uh, Freddie Flintoff sort of kneels down and shakes Brett Lee uh, by the hand after Edgbaston 2005. Um, it was every one of the opposition shaking this guy's hands. You've just scored a ton at Lords, and mm. and it's incredible. And and I just love that that view, that graciousness of competition as well. Oh, I, I mean, you know, we could talk all day about cricket. I'm a, I'm an actually a, a, an Oscar winner. I'm an Outstanding Service to Cricket Award winner. I got awarded in 2012. Love, love cricket. It's, it's my whole um, life. I spend a lot of time at up the cricket ground. Not at the moment, unfortunately, but yeah, we'll get back there again, I'm sure. But yeah, cricket and rugby, they're my biggest things. So yeah, and and when you're next to Edgbaston, you have to uh, let me know. I mean, we're literally yes. around the corner. Uh, oh, hundred percent. My my mum lives in Stratford upon Avon, so she'll I'll whisk her along with me. She'll love that. So we we're coming up to the end of our time together, and I'm I'm just so grateful for your sharing of your why, Mike. It's been really lovely. How could people get in touch with you? So yeah, you can find out about Crab Property at crabproperty.com. You know, we've got lots of information on there both for investing and for borrowing uh, through the business. We, we, we like to write a lot and share a lot. And so blog.crowdproperty.com, uh, there's a really cool series of 40 articles we wrote all about alternative finance, peer-to-peer lending, crowdfunding, property and crowd property. So it's, that's a really good way of getting familiar with, with, with what it's all about. And you can sort of get a feel for, uh, for how we think and write. And, you know, follow us on social media, uh, especially on LinkedIn and, and, and do connect with me on LinkedIn. You know, very keen to, to sort of continue sharing our thoughts and, and our passions. Absolutely. And everybody will find all of these links in the show notes. So no problem about uh, losing those. No problem at all. So one final message. I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. It's been as always, an absolute pleasure spending time with you and hearing all of your wonderful stories and, and probably some things that people won't have heard. So that's great. Thank you for sharing that too. I would love you to share just one final message for the audience. I think just whatever you're doing, okay, you know, make, uh, make sure it's right for you because that's where you can get your passion from, the energy to give you passion. Enjoy it. Do it with passion. Do it with, you know, I mean, not necessarily as competitively as I do everything, but with with grace as well. And, you know, and I think if if, if everyone did that, the, the world would be a more energetic, passionate and, and, and friendly uh, place to, to live. Thank you for listening to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five star iTunes review. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook and become a member of the inspiring, uplifting and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.